Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This episode is a replay from 2018 with Trini Woodall, author, fashion advisor and beauty entrepreneur. You may know her already from her hugely popular Trini and Susanna days. Her and Susanna met in the 90s and wrote a weekly fashion column and this led them to the launch of their own fashion advice business and first book. They were commissioned by the BBC to host What Not To Wear in 2001, which I religiously watched and I got so many of the books. They wrote 11 style advice books in total, which became hugely successful. And they were such a part of growing up and kind of discovering what clothes to wear. And it was all just so much fun. In this episode, we talk about the launch of her makeup range called Trini London, which since this episode aired, it had just come out when I spoke to her. Trini London has gone from strength to strength, and it's now one of Europe's fastest growing direct to consumer startups with a recent valuation of 250 million dollars. Her new Facebook show had just come out at the time of this recording, so we discuss that. We talk about how your career can change and how it moves in cycles and her relationship with Instagram and why she doesn't do sponsored posts on there. So we covered a lot of ground. It was really fun meeting her in person and I really enjoyed recording this one. So here is the episode. Before we go into everything you're doing now, because I just love your Instagram and your new makeup range is incredible. What was it like during those times that everything was so crazy? It was interesting um, because when I started doing well, I was like 32. And I think it's very different when you start doing well then compared to when you're like in your 20s. Like there's so many overnight sensations now. Mm -hmm. And people in retrospective say, oh, you, you, you were like an overnight thing. But I remember... We like in when I first started doing the column for the Telegraph was 1996, and we did the column. And then two years off, we did the column. A woman who was doing Granada Sky, which became Sky TV, Granada B, um, thought we might put on telly. Um, that's somebody just bringing in banana bread. Yay. And then um, we sort of did something with them, and then it didn't work. Then we did a little online business, and then it didn't work. Still doing the Telegraph. And then one day, we just got a call from the BBC. And it then we did a series on BBC Two and that did okay. We'd done a book before the series, which sold like 13,000 copies. So everything each year seemed just a little bit more. But then I think when we went from BBC Two to BBC One, when our second book sold a million copies, and I remember the puncher calling me up and saying, you sold 47,000 copies this week. And I said, is that good? Because I had no gauge, you know, and then, and then obviously when they sort of became number one, I was like, this is exciting. Cause I, I framed it and I put it in my loo. You know, I was really excited. I know. That is insane. But this was like sort of Jamie Nigella or me vying for first place for a few years. And it was just, it was amazing. And then we did probably seven years in the UK. And then we went to, we did about four years of UC. Then we went to ITV. And a lot of people then would say, oh, ITV was when it went down. But the first series of ITV, I loved because it was really emotionally connecting with women. Susanna and I loved it. And those people resonated with us. And I remember so well, we did couples at the beginning with really big issues and I loved it. And we got so into it, um, but we only got like 4 million viewers, which now would be amazing, but we only got 4 million viewers. So they were like, oh, really, it should be fine. And then after two years it finished. 
Yeah, because you complimented each other so well. And I felt yeah. just like, yeah, people felt like they really knew you. But what's interesting now is that you, on Instagram, you have an even more direct connection with people. Do people, I mean, that must be a massive reason why people love following you is because they do feel like they sort of know you from the TV, but it must be different now. I think it's interesting because when we were on the TV, we were sort of edited in a certain way. So, you know, the BBC would make Susanna even more cosy and voluptuous as a woman and me even more angular and, and, and forthright. And we're probably both somewhere in the middle. And Susanna always would be the more humorous and I'll be more the, you've got to do this intense. But we probably ha equally have bits of those. So by not being in our yin yang, I suppose it allows the other side of me to come out of it. Mm. And whereas when we were on the telly, I would be in Top Shuffle Zara and I would feel people would know me. And sometimes they'd come up and say, what do you think? <laughs> but now I'll be in and they feel no hesitation in coming up to me, which I love, I really love. And I've always loved that because it's kind of, and it might sound incredibly corny, but it's, I've always known all through my career, it's only because of those women buying my book or watching my show that I managed to buy my house or whatever, you know? So those, that audience I feel responsible for and on social media now, I can know what they're feeling and know what they like and know what they don't like and know what is frustrating them. So I can kind of, navigate my daily journey and think of what I'm thinking as a woman, but I also have their voices in my head, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and that is so much more than what one got of doing a show and three months later going out on TV. Mm. So different. Because the fact that you, TV is quite edited. Um, I don't know much about TV. I only know from, from friends who, who say, you know, there was a lot of footage and you just saw a very edited yeah. version. Is it, um, it must feel much more freeing now that you edit yourself you can edit yourself in any way you know well, what you put out is what you want to put out what I put out what I want to put out but when we did telly when we stopped doing telly in England we did telly abroad um we'd make shows and we we were always known as the one take wonders because we'd mm -hmm. just do it and we'd never what we'd never have a script so whatever we said they sort of you know, filmed, and then that's generally what came out. And I love those shows we did abroad because they were very much what Susanna and I were really like. Um, but People must have loved that because then it's just like you do it, you're good, yeah, it. It really, really <laughs> yeah. great. And um, and if ever I came across crew who said we'll do a pickup here, and they were new crew, and I'd say no, let's learn the truth, Susanna way. And then in fact, <laughs> at the end they'll say it was such a relief doing it that way. But to begin with, they were like, we need to prove to you we're better. <laughs> so I never, I never edit anything I put out. Um, so when I do Instagram, sometimes I film it two or three days for, because I do this thing on Friday, which is twinning with Chloe, because I noticed so many women would say, I love that, but I could never wear it. And I thought it'd be nice if occasionally I could do something, they could look at how they could wear it. Because otherwise I was, because we always respond to every comment. So I would be writing essays as to, well, maybe you can't wear this, but you could go into Zara and choose this. And I think you, you will, you would need 93 hours in the day to answer yeah. these comments. So then one day by accident, Chloe was in, we were in and other stories and Chloe said, oh, Trini, I really like that. And I said, Chloe, try it. Let's see how you can style it differently because you're an hourglass figure, 14, 16. And then that sort of happened. So they just evolve and we just film them. And the only time I might film more than once is if there's a noise issue. Mm. And then when I do Facebook, I just get up in my bathroom and I just chat. Yes, <laughs> and it just goes they're out live. so great. They're so, and so live great. Is, live is 
so great. Yeah, it's brilliant. But do you get a lot of women still asking you about the sizing in the UK? Like I'm a size eight or a size 16 at the moment and and, and all of the ones in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what you're doing is so great because it's saying, well, it doesn't really matter any of that stuff. Like here's to make it work for you. I think it's never been about size for me because also you can have a five foot two woman who's a size 16 who would dress very differently from six foot size 16 and proportionality counts but i think also what's a killer for me is like zara which i love i also hate and what i hate about them is that they are very bad in sizing Mm, so they you know they start off with small medium large and they're zara basic and now they and zara woman sometimes but usually 36 to 42. then they sort of triumphantly introduce size 44 but somehow it seemed like it was a size 42. And then they're extra largely introduced, but it seemed like a 12 stroke 14. And then they introduced XXL. Mm. So they go from XS to XXL, but Chloe now fits in the XXL, not the XL, and she hasn't changed size. Mm-hmm. So then I think, excuse me, that makes you feel shit as a woman. And, and um, what do people do upwards from there? Because that's like the national average. Well, the, yes, like four, I think 46% of women are a size 16 above. So that means that just under half of women couldn't shop in a shop like Zara, mm-hmm. which they can because there are certain things, like I always feel if a woman's arms are okay to buy a jacket one size smaller, if it's a fitted jacket, gives her a waist, which looks amazing. And I always, like when I do this morning fashion, I always dress women in a jacket size smaller than they would normally do. You're gonna look at yourself in the mirror and it's gonna keep you standing taller, but we fluctuate. You know, women generally do have that, you know, they carry, three different sizes in their wardrobe yeah it's it's it is crazy i just think i just take the labels out just you take the done, labels out just be okay. done with it yeah i'm like whatever yeah. size it is if it, it, it's fitting me right now um but what was it was it different at the time working on your own because you've had a sidekick for so long i know um it's interesting because it's different on two levels in work i was always the accelerator and Susanna would say she was a break but I was the workaholic and she was a bit lazy, which she'll really admit to. She says now, Trini, I need you to come and give me a kick up the ass at home occasionally. <laughs> so in that um, side of my life, which is like with my business, I have Mark, who's my COO. And it's really nice to have somebody who's got very different assets for me. He's an accountant and he's brilliant with figures. And I'm far more marketing, R&D, et cetera. So mm-hmm. there's a very nice balance there. But I know also... I can rely on him as a businessman to have a better knowledge than me about something. So for me, I I respect people when I know their knowledge is greater than mine. So if I go into a meeting and I feel somebody's really like not up with it, I can be a little bit slightly frustrated because I I want people to bring me things I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then creatively, I think it's interesting because I'm going to do something on Monday, which I'm so excited about, which is... Facebook have introduced Watch, and Watch is going to be their TV station. Mm. And they gave me the show channel, and they've been to like eight people in England. So I'm very excited because I have quite a few US people. And I was kind of nestling with this idea for the last few weeks of how can I make a TV show? And I do this morning a bit of telly, which I love because I then see once a week British women from everywhere, and I make them over. So it really Mm -hmm. keeps me on that trail. But I did one or two beauty things with them. And she filmed it and she took all the essence out of what I do in my bathroom. Mm. And my partner looked at me and said, Trini, you know, it was a bit flat. And I thought, that's what we create inside our mad little office. 
stroke, home, stroke, everything. And if I do telly, controlling it ourselves, doing watch on Facebook, um, maybe we could do something. So we yes. then we did a we did a call out. So we did a like, would anyone like to do a makeover? You have to buy your own clothes in Zara. You have to be under 16 purposes of this first one. We'll do your hair and makeup. You might get a haircut, you won't get colour. Send us a one-minute video. So we got hundreds of one-minute videos. I love that. And it was I just thought this is so exciting. And it might be a belly flop. We might film it. We've got one day to film it. Four, four shows. Insane. Yeah. But that's the joy of the life we live in today. Anything is possible to try. Yes, yeah. and exactly that. It's like when you've got something that you love and that you've worked so hard to build and you've got this brand that people trust and love, it doesn't really matter what platform you're on because you're still able to just do your thing and bring it to an audience. She doesn't know. Yes. Mm. Well, so talking of, um, you know, all these exciting things that you're doing now, um, are you wearing some of your makeup I'm wearing now? all of my makeup. Yes, I love that the, it's creamy as well. It's, it's like creamy. My, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it's so weird because I'm very used to it now. But when I came over here in the cab, I kind of thought, because there's still women who follow me on Facebook and Instagram who don't know I'm doing it. And I was thinking, oh, it's because everyone watched at different times. And I want everyone to know, because I, you know, my heart and soul has gone into it and I love it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to basics. So I got my old, I'm going to bring that here. I got my old makeup bag and I had all my makeup in, you know, that I would normally have used before. I think it's nearly all there. And then I have my stack, which is, you know, these little pots and they each have stuff in them. You know, I'd forgotten how difficult it is doing makeup. Mm -hmm. So juggling and the powders and it spilled on my trousers and I had to have all the brushes. And I did it also without a mirror. I did this whole makeup without a mirror. Wow. And and trying to do this without a mirror, I couldn't because the powder, when it goes on, it stays in that place and you can't blend it. Yeah. And all our things are very blendable. So You're I, so right because even just looking at that makeup bag, and I've got exactly the same in my bag, it's quite stressful. It is. Just getting all the bits out and the brushes and then like, it all falling on the floor in the taxi. And exactly. And then the amount of people I see on the tube, like the next one I'm going to do, I mean, I was oh, wanting to take the tube from here because I'm going to do the same on the tube. I'm going to do it everywhere on every single location that I would do it. But I sort of hadn't remembered the complication because I've been doing this now for two years. And then I, and that took me seven and a half minutes. And then I got my sack out and I said, okay, exactly the same product. So I got my BFF, which is this product that turns the color of your skin and makes your skin just glow. Mm -hmm. And then I got my foundation. But I would just, I, so now I'm getting out for the purpose of the podcast, an eye color, which is the same as my Bobbi Brown one. This is one nearly like you're wearing. And it's like remembering the shape of your face. And years ago, this makeup artist said to me, Trini, if you can feel your face, you can do your makeup without a mirror and feel mm. underneath your brow and just start building up your color. Yeah, and just, that looks great. You know, just putting stuff on and having the freedom to know that it's okay and I can do it. And then yeah. I'm going to put on, this would be a cheek and lip. I've got on a new lip right now, but this is Freddie. So I'm just going to put some on my cheeks. I love that. And just put it in. Yeah. But yeah. that took me two minutes. Yeah. So that, that kind of, and anyone who has done it, what's exciting is we started to do, it's all online which someone might go, oh, how do I decide what suits me? So we did this, you know, we did 800 women in my bathroom with the products to find out skin, hair and eye combo. So I'd look at you and I'd say, okay, you have a cool blonde hair. It's not your natural color, but it's cool. It it's your natural color. I darken my Are you Scandi? No. No. So you go in cool tone, everything. So mm -hmm. you suit navy, white, gray. You can wear black. Yeah. You know, you 
can wear prints too as well, but your skin tone is a kind of pale olive. You don't burn immediately, I think, in the sun. I don't mm. know. Do you? Yeah. You do? Okay, so maybe you're pale pink toned. You have a cool, cool hair and you have a blue eye with a dark blue on the outside of it. So for me, you go into a certain category. So I know the tone of lip you should wear and the tone of eye you should wear. And lots of women are still discovering that. So they do match me and then they think, okay, that's my colors. That's yeah. what suits me. Yeah. So I want to wear a bright lip, but I'd never know how strong should my eye be when I do a lip? Because mm-hmm. you know from doing a bright lip, because you're wearing a great bright lip now, that you have to do a tiny something on your eye. And you kind of can't do mm-hmm. no blusher because otherwise it's all about that lip yeah, and you yeah, want yeah. to put it in perspective of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to try that so out. So I can't wait. And we are, I'm, if you're ever by our office, I want to do your makeup for Oh you. my but, God, I'd love that because I'm, I'm really... I'm quite bad at makeup. It's like a joke. My boyfriend's okay. like got mascara on your forehead. You know, it's kind oh, of a thing. Well, but- I need to get better. But yeah. do you think as well with the trends in beauty right now, do you remember sort of back in the day, it would be like really matte and like, you know, you couldn't ever have a shine. Mm-hmm. Now it's like dewy and I feel like Glossier has really brought that back as well. Do you, Is that true or is that just... I think we've got two trends and I'm not going to say one is on the wane, but we're in a certain age group it's on the wane. So, you know, when Kardashians came out and... Tilbury was launched, you have that trend of full on fabulous makeup and and had a beauty, you know, all of those people, that's a very full on face. Tilbury does both, but then Glossier comes out, which is very much minimum skin first makeup. Second, younger 18, 24 year old generation, but people Mm -hmm. dip into oil brow and different things. Um, And then we come along and we're sort of saying, want to see your skin, don't want to cover it all, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have people who are, in their 20s who had really bad skin when they're in their teens. So they started wearing a lot of foundation and they 10 years ago grew up with that powdered matte look. And we're sort of saying, your skin's cleared up a bit. You don't need to do that anymore. Welcome to your face. You know, yes, and taking care of it. And taking care of it yeah. and nurturing your skin underneath because mm-hmm. we're going to do skincare next. But uh, yeah, but um, we want to see your face. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's exciting to get a woman and change her routine, whether she's 25 and did it since 16, mm-hmm. or she's 35 and did it since her 20s and her first job, or she's 50 and she has that hard black eyeliner, bit of lip mm-hmm. liner, but everything on the face has changed. This is exactly what you did with clothes, but now with people's faces. <laughs> yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. And that, that is just such an amazing idea of just like stripping it all back and being like, you look amazing, but let's just emphasize what you've already yeah. got. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. So I'm, I'm kind of, and also, even though it's just online, we did a pop-up in our office. And the purpose of the pop-up is I want to meet the women who were doing it. So some came in and they said, look, my stack has become a tower, but I just want the experience of coming here because we film all the makeovers on Trinity London on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So people can go on and just every day see 10 makeovers of women. Because I kind of think we never get bored of seeing women being made over. But the most exciting for me is women who come in who haven't bought any, who are scared and they leave and they blossom because mm-hmm. I, you know, since I was six, I've enjoyed the art of the makeover. Yeah. And that's the most pleasurable thing to give another woman is she looks in the mirror and she's happy yeah. with what she sees. And you just think, oh, you've got it. You've seen, you've seen who you can be or you've seen who you are now. Yeah. Would you say so Instagram is the place really to follow you and just to make sure that, you know, everything's on there? What, where- it's different because... I have a slightly different audience on Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram is more, they like fashion and beauty equally and makeup. Um, if you just like makeup, go on to Trinity London. Facebook is a more 
intense relationship. People, you know, when I do a live on a Sunday morning, I do this lazy Sunday morning. Oh, I love and, sun, um, tuning into things on Sundays. No. It's so good. So we, I, and I get people in. So we got in this lovely man, Shabir, who talked about hormones. And, you know, you have 140,000 people, mm. you know, and, they, and, and there's 1,200 people commenting. And Shabir and I got back to all of them. And they were quite detailed questions. So there, mm. people can go in and feel they're really heard and really take part in the conversation. Mm. And Instagram... They can post comments and on a live, I do a live most mornings on stories mm -hmm. and then they can put in stuff and I'll try and go through, but sometimes it goes through so quickly I don't see all the questions. Yeah. So I might, I might answer 20% of the questions. Mm -hmm. Whereas Facebook, it's it's more you've got time and people say it's tea time and they say, I've got my glass of wine. I'm yeah. quite a few Australian fans, so it's like a Sunday night for them. Mm -hmm. So they get their glass of wine and they and they That's sit down so and, cool. yeah. yeah you have more time to really yeah. sit and answer stuff i i love how um it feels really like you you use social media in a very stripped back way i don't know if i saw this a while ago or recently but in your bio on instagram doesn't it say that you don't really like doing sort of um placements or like sponsored posts I or, and i do you know what it's so refreshing reading that mm. i think we're in a we're obviously in a bubble now where it's almost tipping point of everything sponsored well I so to see that was, was i have to have a balance with it because i have you know women i really respect who do paid partnerships and mm. are have an authentic voice so like caroline here on some dean baggers yeah who i like i a do lot. a lot of i do a lot of sponsored things but only if it's right and also i feel like i would pay for a magazine so exactly why not pay for a piece exactly. of content that you've worked and on? also you know your whole job is that so you need to earn money you know, it's a career. So it's like, don't, don't diss those women because they have to balance between the two, exactly say so as a magazine. My, my career is Trini London. So it gives me the freedom to yeah. be objective because I earn a salary at Trini London, not a big one yet, but I hope it will grow. Um, and I have the, I, I have the ability then just to be very objective and I'll throw in Trini London stuff because I think it's the best in, in makeup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it allows me, I think what I loved about the Telegraph at the very beginning is Suzanne and I did this thing. And at the time, which, you know, now you would imagine it, but there were hardly any stores around. And you, we put stuff you could buy straight away because most things in less expensive stores would be made up for Vogue, but they'd mm -hmm. never put it in store. Mm -hmm. So frustrating. And we'd say what we love and what we hate. And it, it's that that makes an audience realize you know, it's the fact that I hate Zara sizing. They they sometimes ignore that I'm filming in there. They might throw me out in the Oxford Street store, <laughs> but I don't have a relationship with them. So I have the freedom to say what I like, you know, and if something's yeah. bugging me, I can say it. Yeah, because you have so, to be impartial to do, you have to do to be this impartial. bit, don't you? And you're yeah. impartial, you know, in your paid partnerships, they're your business things, but you're impartial. You have a voice, you have a passion, you say what you feel about mm. stuff. And that's why people follow you and you have such a big following because yeah. people follow the authenticity. And the minute you partner with something that's a bit icky, I think you, it's just uh, it's, it's like it's on, the, on its way the out. wrong boy, isn't it? Yeah, for mm. sure. Um, well, just lastly, I could mm. talk to you for hours. Um, what are you excited about for the rest of this year or just, just coming up? I mean, you mentioned Facebook. It feels like so much going on. I think, well, too many things, but I think I'm very excited about the idea of making a TV show on Facebook. I think that has limitless possibilities. I don't know what's going to happen with YouTube because Google's behind it, but I think Facebook has an intention to make itself um, a TV area where you can, the audience can communicate as the show is going out. And I like that because that is not what terrestrial TV does. 
Um, You've already got a home there as well. Yeah, and I got a home and I feel I'm at the beginning of something new. So to be 54 years old, being one of the few people who has watched to go and show what you can do with it, so bloody exciting. I can't tell you. Um, And then I'm developing, you know, I'm doing stuff to do with skin next. So I've been working. The problem is I'm a perfectionist. So I know that I want to launch it within a year, but I'm going back and forth on on formulas and refining stuff and I, I need it to be as perfect as the makeup is because the makeup to me it has you know it's personalized the packaging is divine mm-hmm. and the product works so those three have to attach themselves to anything else and then you set yourself a benchmark so yeah. that's gonna be a challenge yeah no it's so exciting I, I feel like everyone has m- many chapters in their career yes. and that's really it's just very um, inspiring to watch you do what you're doing because it is a bit it is limitless it's limitless but I've had you know careers have gone in 10 year cycles for me I hope now though they won't be in 10 year cycle but you know I've had really exciting times then I thought what on earth am I going to do next and my biggest thing I now do and it gets me out of that panic spiral out of control is um, that I don't know what's next so if you, if you kind of position all the things you think could go wrong and you put them in front of you, you'll then think the next bit is not good. Mm-hmm. And it's to take away your ego and think, who am I to believe that I know what's next? Mm-hmm. Titnut Khan, lovely mm-hmm. man, the, the, the road to mindfulness. I mean, I'm not a spiritual being, but it was just, he talks a bit about what gives you the right to think you know what's happening next. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting if you look at that little and yeah. dissect it. Yeah. Um, it can give you faith and it can give you strength when things are a little bit difficult. Mm, yes. No one can see into the future. It's the exciting bit. Well, thank you so much. Well, that it's was, just fabulous talking. So I'm going to get on my bike and go and talk yeah. telly.